So there is a subject that was the focus of the teaching of Jesus, the ministry of Jesus, the work of Jesus, the life, the demonstration. This subject was foreshadowed by the angel Gabriel before Jesus was even born when he interacted with Mary. I want to fly through some scriptures. They're all going to be in the Gospel of Luke. Um, And we're going to see what this subject is real, real quickly. Uh, when, they, when the angel Gabriel first announced the coming of Jesus, Mary was told in Luke chapter 1, verse 32 and 33, He will be great and will be called the Son of the Most High. And the Lord God will give to him the throne of his father David. And he will reign over the house of Jacob forever. And of his kingdom there will be no end. When Jesus spoke of his preaching, he said this in Luke chapter 4, verse 43, I must preach the good news of the kingdom of God to the other towns as well. For I was sent for this purpose. Luke tells us that he preached in Luke 8, 1, through cities and villages, proclaiming and bringing the good news of the kingdom of God. And the twelve were with him. When he sent out his disciples, he told them in Luke 9, and he sent them out to proclaim the kingdom of God and to heal. And then again, later on in Luke 9, in verse 60, uh, leave the dead to bury their own dead. For as you go, um, but at, I'm sorry, but as for you, go and proclaim the kingdom of God. Sometimes Jesus would take his disciples aside. And as he welcomed them, as we see in, in verse 11 of chapter 9, and he welcomed them and spoke to them of the kingdom of God. When Jesus preached perhaps the greatest message ever preached, the Sermon on the Mount, he said this in Luke 6.20. This is how he began. Blessed are you who are poor, for yours is the kingdom of God. The kingdom of God. That was the emphasis of the teaching of Jesus, the kingdom. He came to preach the kingdom. He talked about the kingdom. It is a massive understatement to say that the kingdom of God took a considerable step forward when Jesus came into this world. The kingdom of God. What does that mean though? The kingdom is a phrase that speaks of experiencing the power of Jesus as God's king. Within the Godhead, the Father and the Son and the Holy Spirit, they're not all king. One is king. And it was God's plan that Jesus would be that king. Jesus is king. And where Jesus is, there is the kingdom. I'm going to say it again because it's not rocket science. Jesus is king. And where Jesus is, There's the kingdom. The kingdom of God is God's getting his will done on the earth. And that that will was done by the sending of Jesus Christ. The parables, the stories that Jesus told are an invitation to experience the kingdom of God. In Luke chapter 8, verse 10 He said, to you it has been given 
to know the secrets of the kingdom of God, but for many others they are in parables. Jesus uses two little parables to talk about the kingdom in chapter 13. And that's where I'll be preaching from today. And they are. They are little parables. Not all of his parables were little. All you got to do is read later on into chapter 14 and there's some longer parables. Uh, the parable of, of the banquet. The kingdom is like a banquet. It's like a party. And it's a much longer parable. But we're going to see in Luke chapter 13 verses 18 and 19 and then 20 and 21 the kingdom of God is like a mustard seed and then the kingdom of God is like the working of yeast. Like a mustard seed. In Luke 13 verses 18, verse 18 and 19 we read Jesus said therefore what is the kingdom of God like? And to what shall I compare it? This is Jesus talking. It's like a grain of mustard seed that a man took and sowed in his garden and it grew and became a tree and the birds of the air made nests in its branches. Parable over. God's kingdom is not a place. It is an experiencing of Jesus. The kingdom of God is here. I mean, it's, it's such a mystery, but when Jesus said, the kingdom of God is here, he could say that with full authority because he's like, the king is here and the kingdom is here. It's not a locality. It's the kingly and royal power of God working within us through Jesus Christ, God's king. The parable of the mustard seed makes this point so wonderfully that the kingdom has small beginnings that leads to huge results. Small beginnings. The mustard seed, uh, it's, it's very small. For those of you that maybe don't cook, and so you don't maybe cook with mustard seeds, and you've never seen one maybe, it's, I mean, it can be as small as like a millimeter in size. It, it can be a little bigger, but it's small. But it grows into something large and strong. It grows into a tree that, that grows over to be 10 feet tall and then just broad where the large trees or um, large birds could nest in it. It was strong and sturdy. When God is acting in this world through Jesus. He often acts in a really small way. Sometimes we don't even notice that small way. Sometimes we minimize it because it's so small. Sometimes we fail to recognize that God is moving in the little and that little has the potential to be life-changing. Sometimes we do that with ourselves. Young people, I love that there's a scripture that flat out says, don't let anyone look down upon you because of your youth. Don't let anyone look down on you because of your youth. 
I love that you're, you're singled out like that, and clearly, because I love to single you out, like often as I can, often as I can. Don't look down upon the fact that you're younger or less experienced, or maybe, maybe there's people in this place that, that they haven't been saved very long, and you're like, well, I'm not, you know, I'm, you know, this long, you know, seasoned, you know, Christian, I just gave my life to the Lord recently. Do not look down upon that. Do not look down upon the small. God will use who he wants and he uses the available. He uses those who will, who will have this much faith and say, Lord, if you want to use me, here I am. I don't know what you're going to do with me. And I don't, but if that's what you want, I'm available. Yes, it's true that the kingdom of God eventually produces mighty results. The kingdom of God it's affected a town. A little town of Bethlehem. It's a, we can sing Christmas songs now because Thanksgiving's behind. We can sing Christmas songs now. The kingdom of God affected a town, a region. For us, a town, a region, a county, a state, a country, the nations. But it starts small, more often than not. It begins with individuals. A man, a woman, a boy, a girl. Coming to new life. Through faith in Jesus Christ. Not some huge faith in Jesus Christ. Even if you have faith as a mustard seed. Even if you have a little bit. Just a little bit. It begins with Jesus driving back the forces of darkness in our life because we have this much faith and we believe that He is Savior and Healer and Deliverer and that with Him all things are possible and He does the work of defeating darkness and heaviness and depression in our lives. You don't have to have this huge faith. Now our faith grows, but it starts out small. The royal power of God, it tends to act quietly, not attracting too much attention at first. Jesus was born in the stable. There was this host of angels announcing the birth of Jesus to a tiny little audience. Yay, that was awesome. That was awesome. We're scared. That was great. Shepherds. Small, small beginnings. Small start that impact the world. That has impacted all of us. Jesus ministered in a despised part of Israel, Galilee. They made fun of Galilee. They ripped on Galilee. What good could come from Galilee? He's a Galilean? Insert whatever like derogatory term you want there. He's a Galilean? From Galilee. Psh. Can everyone go psh? His most earnest followers, they were fishermen. 
They're flawed. They were some pretty disagreeable people. If you're watching The Chosen, there were some pretty disagreeable people whose lives were dramatically changed because he said, follow me. And they said, yes. And then he used them in ways bigger than them. Bigger than a mere fisherman. Bigger than a mere man, woman, boy, girl. The quiet beginning of Jesus in his ministry led to something massive and gigantic. And it revolutionized people's lives and the world. And it started small. And so we should never despise small beginnings in the things of God. So just being transparent with you, just being vulnerable with you. I mean, there's times I I have to get past myself because I I wish that this place was packed out and that we had two or three services. I, I wish we were bigger. And there's times I've got to get past my own pride or my own insecurities or my own self, whatever. I just have to get past it because I'll tell you this right now. Come January, we have been here for 12 years and we have touched countless lives with the love of Jesus Christ in those 12 years. And we cannot measure it. There's no way we could measure it. There's no way we could measure the seeds that we have planted and watered and that are harvesting somewhere else in another nation or people we've supported and church plants we've supported. We will never be able to measure it. And that kind of stinks because that feels good to be able to measure and go, huge! That is huge! But we don't get that. But we've got to have enough faith to say, I look at families that have been changed. Oh, I'm sorry. I'll be a little quieter. <laughs> this families, marriages, lives, we have to trust the Lord and we have to Die to self. You know, if we read a little bit further, and, and I don't have this scripture pulled up, but there was a guy in the audience that said, hey, is it going to be a lot of people that are saved? And Jesus responded and said, it's narrow. The entry is narrow, and you've got to strive to get in. And, and I believe what that speaks to is the unpacking of self that we have to do. Suck it in! That we have to die to self. That there's not room for us and our selfishness. There's not room for us and to bring along all that that baggage of self-elevation. I believe it's the unpacking of the camel to get through the eye of the needle. Now the good news is if you keep on reading later on in chapter 14... Jesus gives this parable, this wonderful parable of the feast, and says, go out and get everybody. Go out and get every unlovable and unlikable and unworthy. Go get them all and bring them in. But the point still remains, you guys. There's got to be a giving of self to God. He can't be Lord of all unless he's Lord of all. He, He can't be Lord of all unless he's Lord of all. Lord, I give you my past 
Man, for some of you, that's the big thing. That's the big thing. Can I give him my past? And we try and carry it. We try and carry it. And we think we've got to pay some sort of funky penance. And that we've got to earn God's approval when he's already given it through the work of Jesus Christ. For some of us, that the past is that thing that we have a tough time unpacking and leaving behind as we come in and say, Jesus, it's all about you. Sometimes it's selfishness, man. We want what we want. Jesus talking to the, to the rich man saying, yeah, absolutely. Follow me for sure. Sell everything you have. Let's go. What, did, what else? What else can I do? That's, Jesus like, get over yourself. Even that, that's not done overnight. I remember the first time that I was seriously, seriously wounded by somebody. And it was someone in ministry, and, and I was wounded. I was hurt. There was, there was a huge disappointment and betrayal. And, and I remember, like, my first prayers were really honest. Lord, could you send, like, some thugs to beat them up? Like, just not kill them, unless that's your will. Your will be done. Your will be done. But, like, you know, rough them up. I was hurt. I mean, that was raw. And then as an act of faith, I'm like, Lord, I, I don't feel it. I honestly don't want it. But I forgive that person because I love you and you say to forgive. I'm only doing it for you. And I, I forgive. I remember lying in bed the, the first time when I'm like, oh my gosh, I forgive him. Lord, would you bless him? Lord, would you bless his ministry? Lord, would you, Lord, bless him. Lord, would you bless his marriage? Lord, would you bring other men around him who will strengthen him? Lord, bless him in every way. Lord, would you bless his finances? But it was months of this little act of faith of saying, I choose to forgive because you forgave me. And it's not about me and this dude. It's about me and you. And I don't want anything between us. Started here. How, now, how do you measure the bigness of freedom? Feeling freedom in your heart going, I am not carrying that hurt anymore. Ladies, if you in any way just feel like you're not completely free, would you please talk to Kim after church and just this, this ministry and this work that she's doing is all about seeing women walk in freedom and get in healing. So if you're at least interested at all, just, just seek him. The second parable. Little parable, like leaven. The kingdom of God may be compared to the working of yeast. Next verse, verse 20. And again he said, To what shall I compare the kingdom of God? It is like leaven that a woman took and hid in three measures of flour until, until it was all leavened. When a, when a Jewish housewife wanted to make some bread, she would have a little piece of fermented dough that was left over from the last time that she made bread. And this leftover, it was a little sour, slightly alcoholic, just like some of you, sour and slightly alcoholic. Come on, it's funny. Come on. 
You can't be that serious. But the good, the good part is he uses us. Okay, so let's get there. And you take that little, that little bit of sour, slightly alcoholic dough, this leaven, and you mix it here. It's, it was three measures of flour. But I'll tell you what, what we're told by, by people smarter than me in, in Greek, Hebrew, that, that amount right there would provide bread for over 100 people. It would feed. This little, this little piece of leaven, when mixed in, would provide bread for over 100 people. When we will allow God to use us. And, and let, me, let me take this a step further. And we will allow God to mix us with the measure of our church family and our family family and our community and our coworkers. And he will allow, and we will allow him to mix us. The result will be Many, many, many people being fed the bread of life, Jesus Christ. A little bit. Great results. I love that. All we've got to do is be willing, be available. Even be like honest, Lord, I don't have huge faith. Or maybe it's a specific instance. Lord, I think most of the time I'm a really faith-filled dude. But Jesus, I don't have faith for this. I don't have much faith for this. But I got this much. So Lord, do what you will and I'm in. Without the yeast, it's not this wonderful bread. It's just a hard, crumbly biscuit. That's the fact. The leaven is what brings it flavor and softness and what makes it great. And Jesus uses this picture of the growing, spreading influence of the kingdom of God. Yes, it happens in our lives one by one. You don't have to have a crowd of 50, you don't have to have a crowd of a dozen. Will you share whatever the Lord has put on your heart with one person? Because it starts with one-on-one. And it happens locally. And as the influence changes and as growth happens, there's a spreading that takes place. And then maybe it impacts our town, our region, our state, our nation. We should never, ever, ever look lightly upon prayer. The power of praying for one person. Because we never know the spreading that will take place. And that said, if we refuse to pray, if we make some excuse that it's not in our wheelhouse and it's not my temperament, and if we do that, what could that effect be? 
of someone not receiving the hope they need or the, or the message they need, the love they need, to, to know that they're not alone. The kingdom of God may begin in a small way, but then it starts affecting everything. That's the great thing. Like, we never could measure because, let's say, I talk to Marie, and I never know where that, that, de- that deposit or that seed or that watering or whatever that was, I never know where that's going to go. And now she has a conversation with someone else. And then they have a conversation with someone else, and they pray for someone else. And next thing you know, it's not addition, it's multiplication. It's not this much feeding three people because there were three measures. It's feeding over a hundred. The kingdom of God does not begin with worldly initiatives. The kingdom of God begins with mustard seed faith and then an act of intentionality. Whether it's prayer, whether it's repentance, whether it's forgiveness, whether it's just open up dialogue with God, but all you got to have is that much. And can I encourage you guys, stop disqualifying. If you're disqualifying yourself in any way, stop doing that. If God wants to use you, who are you to disagree with Him? Who are you to say, I'm not worthy, or I've been through too much, or Lord, I've been through the grinder and I'm not going back in. Lord, I've been hurt, I've been let down, I've been betrayed. And I'm not trying to sound obtuse, but man, who hasn't been? Different ways, different measures. They're not necessarily all on the same scale, but we've all experienced hard things that we think take us out of the game and God's saying, I want you in the game. As a matter of fact, there's two seconds left on the clock and the ball's going to you. Because I believe in you and I want to... Let's go. Because for somebody, it's life or death. And we just don't always know it. What Jesus does is often despised by the world. But what Jesus does has conquered death has conquered sin, has conquered shame, has brought dead things to life, will eventually conquer the world. What Jesus does and did saves the world. And he wants us to be a part of it. So, questions. Have you invited Jesus to change your world? Have you invited Jesus to change your circumstance? Have you invited Jesus to save whatever area it is or whatever circumstance it is that you need his saving? Have you invited Jesus to set you free from any chains that bind? Will you give Jesus even a little bit? I think one of the most awesome prayers is a prayer prayed by someone who doesn't fully believe in God 
who still has enough faith to say, I don't believe in you. I think my friend's full of it. But if you're real, then prove yourself to me. I love that prayer. Because that person who says they don't believe is talking to God. Because of something that we did, maybe even irritatingly, just kind of gnawing at them. Whatever. I'm talking about me. Y'all don't do that. I know that. Cool story. Elephant and a mouse are walking over a bridge. You've heard it before. They're walking over, and that bridge is just shaking. Just, I mean, it's, it's rumbling and shaking and moving, and they get to the other side, and the mouse turns to the elephant and goes, Boy, we shook that bridge, didn't we? I'm okay being the mouse. I'm okay walking with Jesus as he shakes the world. Can we just close our eyes for a second? Because this isn't just a, a call to people who don't know Jesus. This is a call to every person who follows Jesus. Is there any area of your life you need to invite him into? And maybe it's just with a little bit of faith. Maybe there's something you've prayed about for years or decades. A loved one. A circumstance to change. And maybe you've even grown weary of praying it. But would you just invite him into that again? Would you just show a little faith? Just just give him an inch and he'll take a mile. If there's anyone here who just has doubts you've got doubts would you show just a little bit of faith to say Jesus here's your chance prove yourself to me because your Jesus does not fear that challenge he does not he is chomping at the bit to prove himself to you so would you show just that little bit of faith to say I really don't know how much I believe but if you're real show yourself to me Would you make yourself available to him just a little bit? Just a little bit. And let him turn it into something big and great and then don't fight him on it. If there's anybody here that doesn't know Jesus, but right now your heart is just, just about to beat out of your chest because you want to give your life to him because you believe he is real and that his salvation is real and that, that he can still take dead things and make them alive and bring life to you. And you just want to say, Jesus, I give my life to you. I give my life to you and I don't know what you're going to do with it. I don't even know what to do next, but I know what to do now. And right now, I'm giving you my life. If there's anybody that's never made him Lord of all, but you want to right now, would you just raise your hand, look at me. Everyone else's eyes are closed, but I want to see it. I want to celebrate it. And so that I can link arms with you. Is there anybody? Say, yeah, I want to do that today. I want to make that decision. Jesus, I'm going to follow you. Is there anybody? If there's anybody watching online and you just made that decision, I we still want to know. We want to hear from you. Would you just email us at contact at impactrock.com. That goes to our, our entire pastoral team and we will call you. Leave your phone number. We'll call you. Leave your address. We'll send you a Bible. We'll pray with you. 
we'll, we'll link arms with you however we can. So we can, we can open our eyes now. Um, for some of you, that, that little bit, that's just this cool thing God's doing with you and him and that you're responding to. And uh, it doesn't require letting anyone know at all because it's just something that God's doing. And he's he just like, he, I mean, something has begun. But there are others that that little bit right now, God's like, now I want you to go tell somebody. Now I want you to go and, and talk to, to, to the pastors. Now I make yourself accountable and link arms. And if that's you, then don't be afraid to do that. Just come let us know. And go, hey, God's up to something. And I said yes to it. Maybe you don't even know exactly what it is. Or, hey, I asked the Lord to heal me, to touch my heart, and he did. And I want to let someone know. Love you guys. Let's, in this season, let's not look past the little bits that we can do. The, just the little ways that we can love or, or touch or encourage. Let's not look past the hugs. Let's not, not look past the little prayers. Hey, I'm going to pray for you. You get I'm going to pray for you. Lord, I thank you. The ways to encourage, the little bits. Because God has this awesome way of just doing godly multiplication and his math is not our math. I'll leave us with this blessing and, and a reminder at the end of the service, if you need or want prayer for anything, come on up. We'll be here to pray with you. If you're watching online, you need prayer, once again, email us and we're going to check our email and we'll call you back and, and pray with you. Just leave your number. So, blessing. The Lord bless you and keep you. The Lord make his face to shine upon you and be gracious to you. The Lord turn his face towards you and give you peace. Have an amazing day. I'm thankful for you. Um, Love you guys. Have a great day.